Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Momentum strategies pick up whatever's got like kind of a sustained uptrend. Early this year, we saw value overtake growth. That differential has only widened as the year's gone on. Hello and welcome to Exchange Traded Fridays. It's a weekly roundup of market news from an ETF perspective. I'm Daria Solovieva, Managing Editor of ETF.com, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Senior ETF Analyst Samit Roy. Hi, Samit. Hey, Daria. And Managing Editor Heather Bell. How's it going? All right. A momentous week in crypto space, and we're here to help you make sense of it, what it means. The fallout from the FTX exchange continues, and we're finding more and more details about the scale and lack of transparency and how everything unraveled. So now we're learning also that a million of FTX customers could be possibly affected. So over to you, Samit, what are the kind of long-term implications for from the crypto fallout for the ETF space. Yeah, it's been amazing. So much talk about this FTX collapse. And a lot of people are talking about how it relates to the crypto industry in general. But from an ETF lens, I think we've seen definitely a big impact on a lot of those blockchain ETFs. We saw BLOK, which is the biggest blockchain ETF. It's actually one of the worst performing ETFs of the year, even before this FTX news came out. And then once that came out, it fell even further, I think down something like 70, 75% year to date. But it's since rebounded to around where it was before the whole FTX debacle. And in one sense, you could actually consider FTX's demise good for the publicly traded competitors like Coinbase, which is one of the biggest holdings of BLOK, because it makes them look better, right? Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong, he came out and he argued that you know exactly what assets and liabilities Coinbase has because it's publicly traded. When you look at Coinbase's balance sheet, you can see that customer accounts are fully backed with reserves one for one, which obviously wasn't the case when it came to FTX. And that's important, right? So FTX going down, I don't think necessarily is a repudiation of the entire crypto industry. FTX had a lot of shady things going on behind the scenes, maybe even fraud. So I think it's company specific. Yes, there needs to be more oversight and regulation when it comes to crypto, but I don't think it necessarily paints companies like Coinbase in a bad light. What do you all think? It remains to be seen what the regulators are going to make of it, right? And in terms of grayscale, you know, filing laws back in June, um, they've been at it for a while. And when you look at players like um, Valkyrie Investments, Stephen McClurg, CIO of crypto, a provider, Valkyrie Investments, he, he told Axios that he doesn't believe a spot Bitcoin ETF will materialize next year, right? So there's still a lot of questions and doubts there. Yeah, definitely. I've heard people talking about, you know, well, the ETFs, the future ETFs are trading well. I don't think it's the ETF structure that is the problem. The 
ETFs tend to do exactly what they're supposed to do. There's no surprises with them for the most part. So, you know, the SEC approved about 15 years ago, leveraged and inverse ETFs. And those have done exactly what they're supposed to do, but it's the underlying concept that is the high risk part of that investment. It's not whether the ETF will do what it's supposed to do. And the SEC has kind of been, well, frankly, freaking out about leveraged and inverse ETFs. And they've kind of bit by bit been trying to claw back some of those approvals. Like you can't do triple leveraged anymore, I don't think. So what it is though, is the ETF structure is proven the underlying in terms of a cryptocurrency ETF is not proven necessarily. I mean, Bitcoin is has, you know, all kinds of rules to it and things like that, but there's no oversight of the actual underlying asset. And I think that's what's putting the SEC off and that's what's stopping a spot Bitcoin ETF from developing or coming to market. And this situation with FTX kind of just confirms all their fears. It's um, complete collapse. And it's it was largely unregulated. It was like based out of the Bahamas and they had no oversight over it. I know it's different with Bitcoin. Bitcoin has so many more layers, but I think it's still going to rattle them and they're not going to be looking to approve that next year or even anytime soon after that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that ultimately is the ETF story, right? Heather, we're not going to see a spot Bitcoin ETF most likely. And we can get a sense of that looking at something like GBTC, right? The Grayscale Coin Trust. Its discount to its net asset value hit a record high last week after FTX collapsed, something like 42% below its NAV. And even now it's around 39% below its NAV, which is still huge. And I wrote a piece for ETF.com this week talking about how the discount is a great market-based measure of how likely it is that GBTC will be able to convert into an ETF, whether it be because the SEC suddenly changes its tune and starts allowing spot Bitcoin ETFs to list on UX exchanges or because Grayscale wins in its lawsuit against the SEC, right? Because... People listening might remember that Grayscale sued the SEC this past summer because it felt that the SEC will, was inconsistent by allowing Bitcoin futures ETFs, but not spot, spot Bitcoin ETFs. Right now, clearly the market doesn't think that conversion is going to happen anytime soon because otherwise you wouldn't see such a wide discount. Anyone buying here, you'd make a quick 60% plus return if you bought and then sold after the ETF converted and traded back at NAV. So the market is saying it's unlikely. And like you said, Heather, that's probably because this whole FTX saga, you know, it's putting more scrutiny on the crypto industry and it's making the SEC even more reluctant to approve something uh, where retail investors could get hurt. It's kind of ironic because that approving that conversion would make GBTC into a better product for the people already invested in it but what happened with ftx has put that yeah 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 it is ironic right because the conversion would help retail investors but i think the sec is basically taking a a stance based on principles right and um waiting for you know certain things in the underlying crypto market to change and or maybe for the u.s to have more clarity with regard to 
how this whole industry is going to be regulated. That, that brings up an interesting point. I mean, this spot Bitcoin ETF already exists in other markets in Canada and Europe. What is it going to take um, in the U.S. market, given the clouds around crypto and the questions around not just FTX, but other uh, digital currency exchanges? What do you think it will take for SEC to change its mind? <sighs> um like a concerted effort to um, kind of formalize some sort of regulation or oversight over um, the cryptocurrency space, I would assume. I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? We need more regulatory clarity that takes a look at the entire crypto industry. And the SEC has pointed to specific things like surveillance sharing agreements between crypto exchanges and the commission, things like that. But ultimately, I think this is really related to how crypto is going to be regulated and we need clarity on that before the SEC feels comfortable to approve a spot Bitcoin ETF. Just to wrap up on, on Grayscale, we see Kathy Wood also buying Grayscale's Bitcoin for the first time in 16 months. What do you make of, of her uh, move and also do you see other investors kind of following in the steps? I think, you know, it just fits the pattern of her making these bold bets on on various assets and you know, this is right up her alley. She already owned GBTC, and I think it was ARKW. It's mm -hmm. the ninth largest holding in that ETF added to that. You know, it could work out for her. And I, I think the, the benefit when it comes for Kathy is she doesn't necessarily have to see these things play out immediately. She generally takes a long-term view when it comes to these things. So even if that discount keeps widening, if it eventually closes, whatever, two, three, four years out, I think she'll be happy. And we have seen other people bet on this discount closing and, you know, they've been burned, right? There, there was a hedge fund earlier this summer, Three Arrows Capital. They bet on GBTC maintaining a premium and they took leverage bets on that. Uh, and they end up being wrong, right? Because for from mm -hmm. 2015 to 2021, GBTC consistently traded at a premium and they were betting on that to continue but when it didn't, essentially that hedge fund blew up. So as long as you're not taking leverage bets on this discount you know, closing, I think the discount might get bigger. It might go from 40% to 50, 60%. But if you're okay with that and you have time, you're not going to necessarily blow up your position, right? You can wait out. Um, so I think that's what Kathy Wood is doing. It's certainly going to take a certain type of investor, an interesting fund to watch. Um, Heather, the story you wrote today on momentum ETFs, um, could you provide a little bit more context for listeners in terms of the advantages of momentum investment thesis and approach and what is going with inflows that you've noticed in the past few weeks? Yeah, I was actually really confused by the momentum inflows to MTUM and certainly those inflows weren't uniform across the momentum space, but you know, MTUM is only 15 basis points. It's huge, it's by far the hugest fund in the space, over 12 billion. What is going on, when I spoke with Wes Gray of Alpha Architect, his firm has its own momentum ETF, QMOM. He described momentum to me as a chameleon, which I thought was a really cool kind of metaphor. Basically, momentum strategies pick up whatever's got like kind of a sustained uptrend. And early this year, we saw value overtake 
growth. That differential has only widened as the years gone on. I think it's not that value ETFs are in positive territory necessarily, but they're close to it. Whereas if you look at value and growth, there was a kind of big uh, margin between them with value really outperforming growth. That difference is if you look at the two Vanguard funds, growth and value, the difference between them is like, I think, 25% in terms of performance year to date. What happened was MTUM rebalanced in May. And by then, the differential between growth and value was pretty well established. And so the momentum strategy picked up a lot of value stocks. Um, what West said when I interviewed him was, momentum is value now. And that really seems to be the case. MTUM's largest sectors right now are healthcare, energy, and I think consumer staples. It's a value fund now for all intents and purposes. So as long as you believe in value, that's probably going to perform pretty well. Now, the issue is MTUM this week, after like several weeks of pretty you know, steady positive inflows, it's seen more than 480 in outflows, 480 million in outflows. So I'm just thinking that maybe people were expecting a post-COVID or an uptrend similar to what happened after uh, the COVID crash, and that hasn't necessarily materialized. So maybe they're clawing back a little of that uh, money that was put into MTUM, maybe fueled by irrational exuberance. I don't know. And that explains the inflows that we've been seeing. Yeah. In terms of expectations for next week, Samit, are there interesting things that you're watching out for and our listeners should as well? I'm actually eager to see how the existing home sales data comes out today. Actually, this morning is going to come out. And we've seen eight straight months of declines when it comes to existing home sales. Are we going to see a ninth straight month of declines or are we going to finally see existing home sales pick up? Because this market, the U.S. housing market, has been absolutely frozen because interest rates have gone through the roof. Housing prices are close to record highs. Houses just aren't affordable for buyers. Yet, on the other hand, People aren't selling. They don't want to sell their house and then have to buy another house and they have a super high mortgage rate. And that's why we're seeing inventory of U.S. houses at rock bottom levels. So you have this dynamic where buyers want to buy, but they can't afford houses while sellers might want to sell, but they, they're not going to sell because they don't want to go into a higher uh, interest rate mortgage. So this market is frozen. So I'm looking forward to seeing whether we're finally seeing signs of life in housing or not. That's going to be really interesting, starting with existing home sales today. And then next week, we're going to get data on new home sales. And then as we move further into November and then into December, I want to see what's going to happen with retail sales, right? We've been getting kind of mixed messages. Walmart had pretty good earnings, but then Target had bad earnings. So it's going to be interesting to see whether consumers continue to spend this holiday season even in the face of pretty high inflation. Yeah, we've been seeing a few of mixed signals there and record credit card growth. So it'll be interesting to watch the results through the November and going into towards the end of the year. You can find these and other stories on ETF.com and uh, we'll be back with more ETF analysis and insights next week. Thanks very much. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.